Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence Podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Today I'm joined by Amy Woodrow, um, who is Teaching Learning Manager at the City of Bristol College. Um, welcome, Amy. It's really great to have you on the podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Steph. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, busy. Um, same as you. We were just catching up, weren't we, about how busy this first half term has really been. And um, I don't think there'll be much of a let up this year, if I'm really honest. I'm never a pessimist, but I think this year is going to be quite intense. Um, how's things been at your end? Yeah, exactly the same. I mean, it's been um, really, really hectic. I mean, having, you know, even ev- this, like you said, this time every year is really, really busy. Um, but last year, the majority of our courses were working on like a week A, week B mm. kind of split because of the um, the numbers, the classroom maximum, you know, social distancing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we had much smaller groups. That's not to say it wasn't as, as hard work. So it was still intensely hard work. But um, when you've got those students in front of you and it's a smaller number of students, you can really focus on the, you know, on the learning. Um, But now it's like you've got double the students in and in some cases, you know, 20, 25 Mm. in front of you. And it's almost like you've got that all that crowd control stuff, which people are a bit out of practice with a little bit um, before they can really start to focus on on the activities and also the students themselves you know, they've had two years of disrupted learning and now to put them back, you know, into that routine, that um, structure, that managing their own behaviours because they're used to just getting up, going and doing whatever they want. Um, and now we're asking them to sit down for, you know, extended periods of time without checking their phones, without going on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, staff and students have found it difficult to adjust yeah no I agree and I'm seeing the same actually um it's a lot of just getting back into the swing of things and um, trying to do things differently and not just always do what we always did um but at the same time like you say that we're coming together in a space that is a little bit unfamiliar from the last 18 months and there's more people and um yeah that that how would I describe it that that establishing the ground rules establishing Mm. the sort of professional behaviors with students may be taking a little bit more than maybe usually does um I'd be interested especially for those listening I always encourage people to leave a message in anchor you can leave like a voice message in anchor oh wow Um, so just I'm encouraging people to leave their thoughts actually on how the start of the year has been and um, I don't usually do that in a podcast but I just remembered so um yeah encourage people to leave us their voice notes about what has been going well for them and how they found establishing um behaviors and, and expectations but yeah I think that's been a lot of the work hasn't it for the first few mm. weeks um students have appreciated the time to get to know people so I know you've spent a bit of time at your end haven't you focusing on that 
relationship building and getting to know students so talk to me a little bit about that yes yeah, so um well you know we've got um we're a city center campus um spread across four sort of corners of bristol mm. um and you know every campus has got different students different different challenges um and you know we've got a, a very high number of level one level two foundation learning um students that you know we recognize they come from very challenging and very difficult backgrounds mm. um you know perhaps at home um and um you know there are areas in bristol where um you know financially there's a lot of students in you know facing a lot of financial hardships a lot of families in financial challenges at the minute with mm. it's not just the impact of covid but it has been years you know mm. of, of of that kind of thing um and a lot of them have had you know two years of disrupted learning but even if there wasn't that you know those are the kind of students that don't get didn't you know usually get on well at school mm. for various different reasons so those those kind of students have been really struggling um to adapt to being in college life so we've had to really react quite quickly to that um in particular in english and maths where you know you've got students that come to college because they want to do carpentry or they want to do beauty or whatever it might be but they've got to do their english and maths um so you know we're getting them in the classroom great um but when they're in the classroom you know they're it's managing expectations managing behaviors and and it was very difficult for our english and maths teams you know a full-time english and maths teacher has about 125 students um yeah you know across spread across the week so it's difficult for them um but we did a session with them you know where you know they did say come to us and say we're having some problems with learner behavior you know I said right let us help you but I was very clear from the beginning you know just to manage expectations that that myself and my team we're not just going to come in and do a one session and everyone's going to be experts because you know, like I said earlier, you wouldn't do that with your students. You wouldn't mm -hmm. teach your students a lesson once and expect them all to be experts. So it's just I think behavior management and and you know that those kind of topics. It needs time. It needs practice. It needs constant developing from the educator. You know, to get those skills. Um, so yeah, that was it was it was challenging, really challenging. So that's going to be just ongoing. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we started with was. You know we could do all these strategies for getting them to put the phones away or all that stuff but actually we need to get to know them you know know where they've come from if you've got a learner that has got um you know anxiety or you know whatever that might look like they might not feel comfortable answering a question in front of the class and it might take time to build that relationship mm. so that they are feeling comfortable in, in contributing in a class discussion. So it's those little kind of things that actually you need to understand and know them, you know, for to try and get, you know, the teaching and to get that participation. But it's going to be very difficult when they've got quite a big, like I say, about 125 for a full-time member of staff. Yeah. Um, work in progress yeah definitely and i love that you've had to sort of um you know you tell the story of being able to respond quite quickly to that yeah. because 
there's an element where we could, you know, we were all talking nationally, or there was at least a conversation nationally about doing induction differently mm. and focusing on getting to know students well and building relationships. There was definitely that conversation, but what that actually looks like in practice and what that actually mm. feels like in the classroom, we couldn't have anticipated that fully till we had the students in front of us. And I think that's where that um, building of relationships, getting to know students, mm -hmm. and more importantly, how we then uh, adapt our behavior, our practices, our strategies to benefit the learners and support them through this initial phase. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely key, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, some of the, the stories I've heard of, you know, the things that students have gone through is trauma. Yeah. You know, it's that trauma-informed teaching, isn't it? Yeah. That you've just got to be so mindful that, you know, students are coming from across the city they might have stuff going on at home in the morning. They're battling the traffic, two buses, and it's like builds up and up and up, doesn't it? Yeah. I love that you've just mentioned trauma. Trauma seems to be popping up everywhere in things that I'm reading or hearing <clears throat> or talking about. And over the weekend, actually just watched a documentary by Gabor Mate. He is a researcher that specializes in trauma and it was, it's not available all the time, but if you Google the wisdom of trauma, you can sign up for free to watch it and they release mm. it every now and again, but there is implications for education and there's there's much wider implications but from an education point of view it is very much sort of just raising that query that question mark which is do we really see the learners in front of us um as the whole person that they bring to college but actually it got i'm really passionate about professional development as as are you and it got me thinking about um you know this values-led practice which is about yeah. do we see each other wholly as humans when we're in work as well as staff teams because we do we don't we don't leave stuff behind um when we go into the world of work so um that documentary if anyone's interested in um especially if they've got students with um you know difficult challenging circumstances i think either reading gabor mate's books or, or watching the documentary is is something that they might want to do but like you say it is it is important that we think about what students have got going on outside of yeah. the classroom so that we can think about how we engage them in the classroom yeah absolutely it's really key you know understanding who your learners are yeah, yeah. really important yeah, and I suppose that that links to um, some of the other conversations I've been having with people around how do we capture that effectively, not in an onerous way, not not in a way that becomes about the process, but in a way that's really useful to us as teaching mm. teams. And then what's important is that we know what to do with that information. So have you um, seen any sort of um, any strategies, any things that people have been implementing that have been useful or they've sort of been saying they've found helpful um I think well you know it's just trying to spending time getting to know them at the beginning like you said has it's, it's been really really great um and learning names you know we've talked about this before and I know Lou Mycroft is a is a huge advocate about this you know learning people's names 
learning how to say them properly, how to pronounce them properly and using them just makes people feel so valued, doesn't it? And it's a tiny little thing, but you know, in a classroom, you with the blonde hair. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because that does happen. And, yeah. and, you know, I know it's a really simple strategy, but just taking time to learn somebody's name, mm. one thing about them, you know, one thing at a time, you mm. know, all right, what's your favourite football team? Or, and I seen in an English class the other week, there was a lady, a, a teacher who was doing this really well, and she was using it as a bit of a kind of a jigsaw activity. Mm. But at the same time, she was also finding out about them but looking at their writing you know at the same time so they were writing these things down she knew that not all of them would want to speak up and you know that first day thing stand up say your name tell everybody something about yourself oh, horrible, oh that's the, the icebreakers i hate oh no i hate <laughs> i mean it. when i'm i'm forced to do them yeah yeah it's just cringe isn't it but yeah. but she'd actually figured out a way where they could all write something about themselves they she could then give the parameters right i want you to write two sentences i want the sentences to contain da, 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 da. so she's checking their english language skills mm. um but then she was like right okay share it with a partner yeah. and then she had this activity where she said right okay um hands up and she'd kind of gone around and kind of looked at the commonalities mm -hmm. hands up who sports bristol city and then she's like right okay so next time you're in class when's the next match Saturday right after Saturday next week you can and building that relationship like that and I was like oh that's clever I like that yeah that's and such it's a like, simple activity it's so Works simple on all grounds. yeah it's so simple it's like the little simple things but the the key things that means that yeah. you are actively building relationships between either you and the students or the students yeah. themselves and um, you just yeah. reminded me actually of um similarly an English tutor that had told me about they just made a note of the seating plan mm. as part of the induction activity they'd had to write about themselves their interests their hobbies etc and from that they then noted down three bullet points on the season yeah. plan, which is, you know, well. someone liked fishing. So that every lesson they could ask some, a few of them like questions yeah. about things that were outside of the lesson. And I just well. thought, again, really simple. Yeah. Ultimately, you've got this like little map of who's in the room and what they like. Yeah, and multifunctional. Yeah, <laughs> that, that I think is... Um, is is it's just about having those like simple but important yeah. this actually links to um one of the other things that we said we'd talk about because we're both really interested in culture development yeah. and i suppose the whole for me the whole culture development be, is is for me about people and not process mm. um so i know you've been um, interested in culture development as well and you've been doing things at your end um, to help with culture development so talk to me about um, some of the stuff that you've been doing I've been fascinated Oof. With. <laughs> Oof. where do I begin I mean yeah I've been in the job uh, just coming up to 12 months officially but I did the summer term sort of as interim yeah. Um, and yeah we've had to just rip it up and and start again um now my um predecessor um he's he got the ball rolling with um the developmental observations so we 
up until last year, we were still grading observation, lesson observations, although it was a effective, highly effective, or practitioner requires support. But it, I don't care if it's red, blue, and pink. Yeah. You're still putting a target on someone's back. It's the yeah. it's the messaging behind it, isn't it? So we had to, um, you know, really just ditch that. And, and it was welcomed across the board. Right. Um, so over this last year, we've run a pilot with, I think, nearly 40% of our teaching staff. So we've got nearly 400 teachers. Um, so that was quite a big job. We got um, Joanne Miles um, to come and do some training with our team of teaching staff. And that has been brilliant. So we got um, 50 teachers trained with Joanne in a, a 12 week kind of rolling program, mm. trained to be just critical friends, right. not making any judgments, not, you know, nothing like that, but as a developmental peer supporter. And we gave them a lot of training in sort of coaching and mentoring approaches, different coaching styles as well, like the developmental side, but also things like instructional coaching and, yeah. you know, all those different things to add to the skill set. And that's been brilliant. Um, and that's been really, really welcomed. Um, and the feedback from staff was was fantastic. You know, I don't feel like I've ever been listened to before was one of the things. Um, it was so refreshing to have someone join my class and be genuinely interested and not just be there because they've got to fill in a form. Yeah. And, you know, all this real fantastic um, qualitative feedback that we got. So so that's starting this year with everybody. Right. Um, and that's been a huge culture shift because we've got on the one side teachers that are saying, yeah, this is amazing. Mm. Um, that have, but you've it's been difficult to bring them on board because, you know, especially members of staff that have been here a long time, very mm. deep rooted um, views on observation because they've been through the cycle, you know, but also from the managers, because it's been a bit of a culture change for the managers, because how will I know if a member of my team isn't performing? Well, that's, a, that's you know, you have two eyes, you have two legs, kind of. <laughs> that's, that's my stock response. But isn't, that, isn't it crazy that we think that the observation process tells us if someone's okay or not? And I don't mean yeah. okay from a, like, necessarily just a performance um, aspect, because actually if someone is not okay in themselves, that yeah. might be important. In, uh, impacting their teaching as well absolutely you know if we're if we're feeling wobbly if we're not on top yeah. of things you know absolutely that our work so but yeah it's yeah. that it's it's always the question is yeah well, I always say a manager any manager will or should kind of have an idea as to the quality of teaching learning in their team without, absolutely without needing like a formal great yeah I mean our full-time teachers is 870 hours a year so 45 in my maths isn't very good but 45 <laughs> minutes of 870 hours isn't very much to go on is it um and and if you know you're waiting for that one point in the year then there's bigger issues there so it's been it's been a challenge to get people on board mm. with that approach and we're focusing a lot more just sort of lesson visits yeah. like a learning what kind of model because actually we want managers to be curious yeah. and to be interested and it's that curiosity not compliance kind of ethos where we you know we want people to be genuinely interested in what's going on in the classrooms and showing support to the teachers you know and say oh I'm you know really impressed by that or really you know really interested to see what you're doing with your level twos this week can I mm -hmm. pop in 
yeah you know we're not catching people out you know it's it's that whole thing around being supportive um so yeah there was the lesson observation stuff which has been massive Mm. um you know the way that we run our professional development oh yes you know that's had a big overhaul as well because you know previously we did you know you've got your one your big one day jobs like everyone probably does Mm. um but what we've put in is like lots of and this kind of stemmed from the pandemic actually because when I was a a coach which is like advanced practitioner before I had this role Mm. we were doing a lot of um quick sessions like 30 minutes how to use teams 30 minutes how to set up a meeting on teams 30 minutes how to do this and it was really well received we did them like half an hour in the morning one in the middle of the day and one at the end of the day because like just get a cup of tea and log on yeah you know um so we've kept that over the past year and what's been really great about using teams and stuff like that is you can still give people a collaborative experience you can still get people to participate and to contribute it doesn't need to be a one-sided webinar but you haven't got the hassle of booking rooms of trying to put sessions on across you know four five six different campuses um that people can join from home if that's where they are so we've kept that model and that's worked really really well um but we are having difficulty with just getting people to attend and I don't know if that's something that you've seen Steph just actually getting staff to be interested and to want to join Mm. development sessions and I don't know why that is I'm still working on that I think it's um it'd be interesting to to hear from other people as well but Mm. I think um that's always historically been a stumbling block yeah but I think when we balance it with how busy people feel how many things they've got to do yeah um, workload it's probably not surprising oh yeah you know but at the same time have it like you said for me having those short frequent sessions means it's really accessible yeah and I think that's important accessibility is really important Mm. I've tried to this term well well what four weeks in or whatever um, or five weeks in this is um I've I've not gone heavy on the sort of bookable sessions between start of term and half term because I wanted everyone to focus on that relationship building and Mm. kind of but I have been projecting a message of people working in their departments that contextualized conversation about what is excellence at every stage of the learner journey but obviously encouraging them to think about what is that now so what is excellence across this first six weeks so I've been um filtering I'd say it's a very like a cascade model yeah yeah um, and giving people the room and the opportunity to really contextualize Mm. that discussion within department so what I'm seeing is managers repurposing the time that they have for team meetings typical team meetings which is I said Mm. if it's just lots of information yeah send it in advance yeah can you do that (laughs) yeah so um, I'm fine I'd say where it's working really well and one of the managers I'm working with has said that they've achieved more in the first four or five weeks of term than they have in the last three years brilliant because she's repurposed the meeting so the information goes out on a one weekly important information yeah. email not 300 emails just 
one um, important email and then the team time is about team development mm. and they've been discussing what vi uh, the vision what excellence is they've also been discussing how they can work more collaboratively as a team yeah and they've also been working on what I really liked about it was um once they decided what excellence was across the year and then focused heavily on the first part of the course they collectively decided what the priorities were from between now and Christmas. So I've been encouraging teams to just choose three or four big things per term and really think about how they move forward with those three or four things rather than trying to do a hundred things at once. Yeah. But what she did was decide with the team what the three priorities were for the rest of the mm. term. So, for example, one of them is personalization of learning because they have a lot of um, uh, high need students, yeah. and students with um, additional needs. So they did but they decided collectively as a group. So now everyone's engaged in that mm. because they've decided. So yeah. their team time is becoming this very contextualized collaborative inquiry space rather than the booking onto mm. sessions however over here I'm juggling what I'm calling the fundamental building blocks of good quality education so schemes of learning initial assessment group profiles target setting progress reviews yeah. I am pushing them out and but again in a cascade model which is getting the managers and the teacher learning coaches to attend a session. I do the work with them. They're then going to go out and do the work across the teams. So I'm having to, I'm, I'm helping them to make sure all the building blocks, the foundations are in place. Mm. That's quite directive, but then also contextualize that team time and yeah. focus on this collaborative inquiry model yeah definitely so, but what's interesting is it's the first time I've ever done it like that oh. and so I feel scared yeah I haven't been putting bookable sessions on yeah um other than the ones that are a bit more direct yeah 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 so definitely it, so I, I am sort of going oh it feels different but I think the impact of what is happening mm. in that sort of collaborative inquiry and the cascade model of the foundation, foundational building blocks is it's we seem to be moving yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of what we were saying earlier, wasn't it? About, you know, it, it, it's that pace of change sometimes, isn't it? It's not yeah. let's wait till next year or Christmas. It's what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do Monday? Yeah. That's going to be different. Yeah. And then let's have a look the following week and see if see if the change is there. Let's speak to some students. Let's, you know, triangulate all that stuff. Because, you know, for us, you know, it's, we are a grade three college and we know we there's things we need to do differently or better. Yeah. Um, and I really like what you're saying there around... Um, you know, you've got those core things, but also giving people a little bit of flexibility. It's like that we were saying earlier, that like tight but loose. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you People do feel like they've got a little bit of choice, but at the same time, it's choice from, you know, these things. So that's, yeah, it's very, very similar to what I'm doing with our, right. our own teaching and learning framework that's, yeah. that we were taught, yeah, I've just launched as well. So we're all like... <laughs> doing similar things aren't we it's yeah. fun, isn't and it? I think there is a movement to try and make things more people-centered yeah and I think that's where um this 
this structured autonomy model yeah. um, really does work because people do want leadership of well, what are we aiming for? Mm. You know, yeah. there has to That's be it. someone helping people to think through that. Yeah. Not having all the answers themselves, but, you know, leading the vision development and leading what that looks like for everybody. Mm. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, definitely. I think it is important. But anything else that we could probably chat? Oh, God, we could go on for hours, <laughs> could we? I know. I mean, you know, the whole thing about the, the culture change thing, you know, you're saying about there around the vision and what it looks like. But so long in our sector and, you know, certainly in, in my college, you've had some minimum TLA expectations yeah. or uh, minimum standards or, you know, these beastly documents that you must do all of these things or else, yeah. you know, and I'm very much like, I mean, we've got ours, which is our principles, which is actually we value. And these are the things that we believe in, but I'm not expecting everybody to do all of them all the time, but, you know, to have an understanding of what they are and how to, you know, develop certain aspects. So that's what we're going to be doing in our CPD day on in the November mm-hmm. is giving staff, you know, a copy. Let's look at, well, what are we doing well? What do we need to do to improve, right, as a group, how are we going to tackle that? So it's very much about that shared yeah. understanding and and you know helping each other as well i think that's really key and yeah. um, we were going to quickly talk about research one yes, we were thank yeah. you for i'm looking on my list here because i've got my i've got my principles on the screen i've got my brand great everything's on brand at the minute i like things matchy matchy but yeah. it just gives us a bit of personality as well as a team and you know right. that was one of the things I did with Joanne Miles and Matt O'Leary as part of the AP Connect we did a I did a course called leading AP teams and it was brilliant and each of us was tasked to have a project and my project was giving us a, a presence and a brand you know right. a real force within the college so again cult, going back to culture change yeah. actually my team as internal quality consultants yeah. working with managers rather than just working with staff in a you know um reactive yeah. you know that deficit model actually walking around with managers saying let's go and have a look let's yeah. how can i help you now move your team forward yeah. like developing that skill set but anyway um i told you i'd waffle <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell, me, tell me a little bit about your research because i was yes I was watching your sunset journey last year it's been marvellous. Um, absolutely loved it. So I was part of the ETF um, supported research programme with the University of Sunderland. Um, I did the MA short course. Yeah. Um, it was all online on Zoom. Um, so it was like a real strange uh, situation to be in. But I tell you what, the group bonded. And it's amazing, isn't it, how like me and you, you know, you've never met people before in real life, but you just like, you know, Tracy Lee, bless her. We like text all the time and she's going to come and visit me in Bristol. And, you know, it's fantastic. And, you know, we've helped each other out with a couple of quite big things over the past couple of weeks as well. So, yeah, you know, friends for life, I hope. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it's been really, really interesting. And I did my research around um, the impact of COVID and technology which quite a few other people were doing but I wanted to look at it from a more solutions focused and what next because all right we've done COVID we've done online learning a lot of people are very keen to move away from online learning but let's not forget the things that we have learned and actually what could we keep you know elements of flexibility in our programs is there stuff we could 
give students to do asynchronously and then maximize the face-to-face -face time for other things that flipped learning kind of model yeah. looking at is there any apps tools platforms that kind of thing that might be really useful to keep all that kind of stuff and it was a real nice evaluative piece that was focused heavily on the voices of the practitioners themselves um you know not just well this is what Ofsted say is a good model or you know this is what this person says it's actually what do we think um and it was relatively small scale but it was you know really really interesting and I learned so much about the research process yeah. um I have applied for next for the full MPhil, so yeah. fingers crossed, touch wood. Um, I'll hear on that soon. But yeah, again, this culture thing. You know, we don't really have much of a research community within the college, yeah. um, and that's something that I really, really want to um, promote, celebrate, share because it does happen. Um, yeah. But bringing people together to help each other out, a bit of peer support but also giving people a platform and a voice to share the work that they've done. So we did a HE conference last year, but all were invited. I didn't want it to be a them and us. Yeah. Um, Lou did a wonderful session for us and we had um, Dr. Peter Shuki um, join us with his students, with oh, his amazing. teacher training students. I mean, how fantastic was that? He did his session yeah. with us. And I mean, this is just the, the magic of, of, you know, what we've learned, you know, post lockdown. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, really keen on that. Um, and, you know, being involved with different networks, learning and skills research networks. So I'm putting on an event in the southwest, um, but all welcome again. Yeah, Joys of yeah. technology yeah. Um, on the third. I think it is the third or the fourth. I should probably know this now. Third of November. Yeah, third of November, just to bring people together and you know what's what's going on. What how can we build this network and the research capacity you know within the southwest? Um, so really looking forward to that, and hopefully you know within the college, we'll drum up a bit of a bit more interest in in research projects as well. Thank you, Amy. It's been yeah. really great to talk to you. One thing that I've really heard throughout all of those things that we've talked about is this developing a sense of being interested yeah so whether it's being interested in students whether it's be interested in our practice whether it be interested in professional development and people development um i think that has come through in in all of the bits that we're talking about and i think um it is hard isn't it yeah. when when staff have been through a lot and they've been through processes that have been about measuring or um data sort of driven stuff it's hard for them to have faith that we're trying to do things differently mm. and, and and that the focus is support yeah um, and so, so our language and our actions and the processes all have to align to gain that trust of people to be able to move forward into a different phase but it's been great to um chat to you thank you so much yeah, thank you and, thanks uh, for the have, invite oh you're welcome and um yeah we'll catch up again soon but have a nice rest of your week thank you you too bye bye, bye. thanks for listening to the teaching excellence podcast leave us a voice message in anchor tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show tune in next week for more have an amazing week and be the best version of you